This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Fighting for its survival and some of the stories that are coming out of the Hamas atrocities are downright horrifying. These guys are savages. They are monsters. I don't even want to call them humans. Some of the things that they did and they committed to the Israeli citizens, women and children is shocking to its core. And Israel is not only fighting and trying to figure out how to take out Hamas, the head of the snake. But they're also dealing with protests taking place all over the United States. I mean, can you imagine this? Who in their right mind, did you ever think when you were in college, could you imagine a protest like this? I couldn't imagine when I went to school. I went to University of South Carolina. I I also did a year overseas. I can't imagine that somebody would be out there and saying, you know, death to Israel. At a time when Israel has been slaughtered women and children horrifically, the rapes on the women, the beheadings of women and baby. I mean, these are just shocking to its core. And yet there are people out there, young people in colleges across this country that are out there proudly showing their face and others chanting death to Israel. Here's just a little bit of some of the sights and sounds over the weekend in Brooklyn. Wow, that doesn't sound like a calm, peaceful protest. And in fact, close to two dozen of them were arrested for beating law enforcement officers. So things are getting out of hand. And people are very, very worried about what could happen to the homeland. And if you thought you'd get a Hail Mary or some help from the U.N., think again. The good old U.N., which has always been soft on soft, I think, on dictators, Remember when all the stuff was going down with Libya? I'll never forget it. They were the head of the Human Rights Council. It's like you can't make it up. China, at one point, it's a rotating seat, was head of the Human Rights Council. I think Russia's still on it. Uh, Is there anybody out there who thinks they should be on the Human Rights Council? Well, a couple hours ago, if things don't get crazy enough at the good old U.N., The Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez of Portugal, came out and made this proclamation. It was a day where they were going to discuss what was going on with Israel and Hamas. And it should be pretty clear 
that the U.N. should be coming out and saying, you know what? Uh, obviously, some are monsters and animals and they came in to a peaceful kibbutz and then they went to another kibbutz and they went to the music festival. They slaughtered. They killed people. They're still holding them hostage. To me, I don't know where there's gray. But for some reason, the U.N. Secretary General shockingly put blame on Israel, saying its policies created this. And they basically created the environment for this moment. That, to me, is disgusting and shocking. And take a listen to the Secretary General. People were stunned. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. So wait a minute. What does that mean? What, Israel deserved it? Is that what the Secretary General of the United Nations, which is supposed to be the world body, talking about peace? Of course, they've never been very favorable to Israel because you've got Russia and China and so many people of the Arab world that are part of the U.N. But where is the decency? Where is the moral clarity? There shouldn't be any big surprise uh, when you go before a situation like this. One country had terrorists come in and slaughter women and children. One did not. And yet, for some reason, the head of the U.N. is coming out and actually claiming, essentially, that Israel created this moment. That, to me, is disgusting. You've got the protesters at the colleges and elsewhere. Then you've got the U.N. Israel is fighting two wars. They are fighting the war against Hamas, and they're fighting the war against propaganda. And so after that shameful comment from the head of the U.N., here is what the Israeli ambassador to the U.N., uh, Gilad Erdan, had to say about all of this. The U.N. is failing, and you, Mr. Secretary General, have lost all morality and impartiality. Because when you say those terrible words that these heinous attacks did not happen in a vacuum, You are tolerating terrorism. And by tolerating terrorism, you are justifying terrorism. Hamas, as the minister explained, beheaded babies, burned families, raped women, abducted kids, babies, Holocaust survivors. And the SG is blaming the victim? You are blaming Israel? This is a pure blood libel. This is a pure blood libel. And I think that the Secretary General must resign. I actually agree. I think the Secretary General has no shame and no sense of moral compass, no sense of judgment, and I think has no comprehension of what the U.N. Secretary General is supposed to do. He's supposed to be an arbiter for good. That's what the U.N. was sort of created as an arbiter for good. Is there anything good about that saying you created the environment? So, Hamas, you were basically justified going into Israel uh, because of the occupation. First of all, 
Israel pulled out, let's get this, out of Gaza in 2005. In 2006, the Palestinian people elected Hamas. And yet the U.N. Secretary General, here he is, almost 20 years later, still blaming Israel. How would Israel ever have a chance when you have that guy at the head of the U.N.? I do think he should resign. I think it is disgusting. And here is the Israeli foreign minister, Eli Cohen, at the U.N., also responding to those shocking comments from the Secretary General. Mr. Secretary General, in what world do you live? Definitely, this is not our world. Do I want to remember this world upside down? Families vanish in the midst of the day. The mass grave steaming with vapor of blood. This massacre will go down in history as more brutal than ISIS. Hamas are new Nazis. Hamas are the new Nazis. Hamas are the new Nazis. And yet the Secretary General seems to think Israel brought it upon itself. That, to me, is disgusting. I mean, it's abhorrent. At a moment like this, can you imagine somebody saying after 9-11, sorry, America, you brought 9-11 upon yourself. Good luck. It almost sounds like Ilhan Omar. Somebody did something. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Norm, line three. Norm, can you believe the Secretary General of the U.N.? This is a, a, <laughs> ignorance, ignorance. Yeah, he's got to go. Um, I mean, you know, Portugal used to be, I believe that was uh, uh, the Spanish Inquisition and all that. That encompassed the uh, the Portuguese, uh, you know, murdering Jews way, way, way back when. Um, you know, they in Gaza, they throw gay people off of roofs. OK, they uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a, a criminal, non-democratic. I wouldn't even call it a government there. So, uh, you know, I just how dare he, uh, you know, just how dare he? I just feel it's 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 terrible. It is. It's, it's shocking. Thing. It is. You know, it's, you yeah. know, Norm, I feel like in the middle of all this, um, I rarely thought I would get shocked. But now I feel like this is like beyond shocking at a moment like this. It's like if you're not going to say this is abhorrent, there are no rules in the world where anything would justify uh, the killing and slaughtering of women and children and no anything. You know, I mean, like there there can't be this gray. If you start this gray, it's almost like uh, the way Obama has handled Iran. And even remember early on, the very first response that came out about the war from the Biden administration was someone at the Palestinian office there for the State Department there on the ground and said, well, there should be a ceasefire. You know, it was almost the same sort of attitude. I mean, that, that it's like you got this like drip, drip, drip from Biden. You got a uh, finger pointing from the U.N. I mean, this it it is shocking to me. It's like if you're not going to be mortified and disgusted and angry about the women and children being beaten uh, and raped and, and beheaded. I, I don't know. Uh, what What is your limit? You know, Norm, I mean, what does it take for the secretary general to realize maybe it's a little like unconscionable what these people did? 
I mean, where, you know, it's like, where's the wake up call, Norm? You know, what do you think? I suspect that this has to do with oil. I suspect this has to do with appeasing Iran and the oil countries um, for oil. And I, you know, and I, I don't, I don't think that this man is giving a, a clear moral answer. He's doing a, uh, you know, financially conflicted answer, and that's what I think is uh, it's coming down to. It's it's uh, it's about Portugal getting oil from Iran. Well, and, you know, how I mean, sad is that? Isn't that a sad testament, Norm? You know, what a boy. Uh, And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's clearly got a Mm -hmm. screw loose. And I agree with uh, the Israeli ambassador. He should resign this secretary general. That is abhorrent. Uh, Let's go to Frederick, line four. Frederick, your thoughts. Oh, yes. Hello, Rita. I was just going to say, seriously, what do you expect the secretary general of the United Nations to say? The United Nations was set up in part... Uh, to uphold an uh, international law. And Israel has violated international law probably more than any other country. Uh, How do you figure that? So, hang on. Wait, Frederick. Hang on. So what, hang on. What, Frederick. No, it has, Frederick. It has, it has, it's, it's in, so, so Frederick. Hang on. Frederick. Hang on. Says, hang on. No, no, no. I'm not going to have you spew gobbledygook. Here, hang on one second. 10-7, October 7th. Is there any gray in your mind? As to what happened on October 7th, do you believe that Hamas came in and slaughtered women and children? It's on the videotapes. It's, it's obvious. We have Hamas terrorists admitting it. So uh, so wait a minute. Wait, what, what are you saying, Frederick? Go ahead. Rita, Rita, do you, uh, many, many people find it very strange that this event happened without the knowledge, without the consent, and without the participation of Israel. In fact, many people think that it's impossible for it to have happened without it being an Israeli operation. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Israel has a long, long history of waging war by deception. And it basically wants to carry on with its genocide, with its ethnic cleansing. All right. So, Frederick, 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 hang on. Frederick, no, 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 no. Frederick, Frederick, hang on. I want to know what kind of medication you're on, okay? Because it's obviously really good stuff. So, first off, you think what? It was like fabricated that Israel did it uh, against its own people? I mean, you got to be kidding me. You seem like a very educated person. Uh, are there a lot of people that believe what you're believing? Because, uh, boy, uh, those mushrooms are good. Go ahead. But why is that so far-fetched? If you're saying that that's far-fetched, because it's on, that, first of all, it's on know. the videotape. Frederick, have you seen the oh, videotapes? It's all over the think. place. It's obvious. You see Hamas guys coming oh, to the yes, door well, with well, rocket launchers. What, they made it up? What, they're actors? Are you kidding me? Well, Israel had the technology, right, to have video recordings. It had the technology to pick up on phone conversations that Hamas were having. But it didn't have the technology to know that this that this event, that this terrorist attack was going to take place. Because they obviously, they obviously no. had a huge breakdown in intel. And I will agree uh, that that is a serious problem for them and for the United States. Uh, but I find it hard to believe. You haven't told me anything compelling to think that they created this moment. That That to me is just insane. Why won't you just look at the video and you see it's terrorists? There are Hamas terrorists on videotape talking about what they were told to do, uh, the the medications, the, the things, the amphetamines that they were given, how they were told to go uh, brutalize women and children, told to kill everybody in the house. 
I, I mean, they're they're confessing. What is that all made up to? I mean, are these all actors in some commercial? Frederick, you got to be kidding me. Credible, Rita, what you're saying. I think you're I don't actually think you believe what you're saying. I actually do, I Frederick, because I don't believe what I'm hearing. I mean, you have got to be kidding me that you actually you seem like a very educated man. But it's stunning to me that you would think that Israel would create this and slaughter its own people so what they could wage war against Hamas. I mean, that's crazy. That is nuts on so many levels. Uh, I implore you to go online, look at the videotape, look at the images and and look at also the Hamas, you know, terrorists. So what they they what did they fabricate them taking prisoners too into the tunnels? Is that all made up too? Uh, I mean, that is so far-fetched, Frederick. That's scary. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Is there anybody out there who agrees with Frederick? Wow. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just in, Congressman Mike Johnson, a sort of relatively little-known Louisiana Republican uh, and a fairly low-ranking member also, by the way, in the GOP leadership team, has now become the latest nominee for House Speaker. Uh, It just came out a little bit ago. Uh, Majority Whip Tom Emmer, of course, did not have enough votes and dropped out. So will the fourth time be the charm? Uh, this will be now another round of votes. They nominated him in conference. It has yet to go, though, to the full House floor. It's unclear. Obviously, he has a majority of the conference, but it is unclear if he would have enough when they go to the House floor. Uh, big question, again, whether or not they will actually send it to the House floor. It's unclear at this point because they just picked Johnson just a little bit ago. Again, House Republicans picking just a few hours ago uh, Congressman Mike Johnson, Republican of Louisiana, for their fourth nominee for speaker in just the last few days or so after Emmer ended his bid. Uh, We will see again where this goes. Uh, The latest number, it says Johnson on Tuesday night got 128 votes in the conference. Uh, but it is still very, very unclear if he can reach the 217 point. That's a long way to go from that. So still unclear if they will actually bring it to a vote on the House floor. But now they have another nominee. And right now it looks like he is the only name. Uh, I'm waiting for like uh, the custodian maybe there on the House floor. Hey, let's bring him in. Let's bring in the gardener. Let's nominate him. It is such a mess, but of course we will keep you posted. But another name therein, Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana, now 
uh, getting the nomination behind closed doors. The question is, where will it go from here? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And let's go to Mike on line one. Uh, Mike, we're you know, talking about everything with Joe Biden and the U.N. and Israel. Your thoughts? Unbelievable, Rita. And that last caller, hey, man, what kind of what kind of pharmaceuticals do you want? Yeah, could you, you believe know? Frederick? Frederick, I was like, yeah. and he was, I, did you hear what I said? Are you, like, was he thinks, I guess those people were actors. I mean, that was a yeah. stunning, and he's an educated man. That's a, I mean, it, that is stunning, Mike, that, that he actually really believes that. I, I believe he believes what he's saying. But uh, it just shows the lunacy of it all. Mike, if you could stay with us, okay? And we'll continue with you after the break because you always have so many great points. We'll continue with Mike and the rest of your calls as we're trying to get over uh, Frederick and whatever uh, medication he was on because, boy, was that a doozy. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. By the way, tomorrow is Back the Blue Day on WABC Radio, so make sure that you tune in all day long We will have tons of great guests. There's also going to be a press conference in the morning and a whole bunch of other stuff honoring our great men and women in law enforcement, which is really beautiful. And I love, of course, being based here at WABC Radio because we love our men and women in blue. And here is a story coming from Ohio when Chillicothe police officer Tatiana Myers was working outside duty assisting the Circleville Police Department just a few days ago at a local pumpkin show. She ended up saving a woman from choking. Officer Myers was on her way back to the police department to prepare for roll call when she observed a person suddenly in distress. So without hesitation, the officer rushed to the woman's aid, assessed the situation quickly before performing the Heimlich maneuver delivering two very forceful abdominal thrusts that dislodged the obstruction, allowing the woman to quickly breathe. Officer Myers has been recommended for several life-saving awards. Now, the police captain there, Michael Short, said, quote, all of us at the police department are very proud of Officer Tatiana Myers, whose swift and decisive actions undoubtedly saved the woman's life. And what a great story of the work that our men and women in blue do every single day and often at something that could look like a family affair uh, and often could turn tragic if a law enforcement officer was not there on the scene. And that's why I always love doing these stories where we get to honor our men and women in blue. Well, I will say it is really disappointing and I just think shameful of the U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez. Here he is, right there in front of the U.N., the whole world is watching, and he essentially said that Israel brought this upon itself, the attacks by Hamas, that what happened in this moment uh, didn't happen in a vacuum for Israel. In other words, they sort of set the stage, they set the climate. 
it is a shocking comment coming from somebody who is head of the World Peace Organization, if you will. What is going on with the U.N.? The U.N. is supposed to be created to be the arbiter of peace and moral justice and authority in the world. It was created, of course, to bring countries together, to bring countries that often don't talk to each other and try to sort of smooth the way and also put those that are out of line uh, in the right box and chastise them before the world scold them, hold them to account. And this U.N. has just been completely ineffective. Uh, it's been completely ineffective in every single way. I, I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of like during COVID. Where were they during COVID, the U.N.? Where has the U.N. been on the issues of China? Where they've really been on Russia? Of course, all of them are on the U.N. Security Council. And now here we are at this moment and we have the head of the U.N., the secretary general, scolding Israel after they were invaded by Hamas terrorists that brutalized women and children. It doesn't get more obvious. It doesn't get more blatant. It doesn't get more brutal and more horrific. We've seen the images. We've seen the video. We know what happened. And so does the head of the U.N. So for him to make these comments that this moment didn't happen in a vacuum and to be scolding Israel at a time where there are people burning the Israeli flag across this country and across the globe, where they are being cornered in all different directions by Iranian proxies, you know, in West Bank, Gaza, certainly, of course, in the north from Lebanon, Hezbollah. And of course, we've seen what's happened to U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq and the ships that were there off the coast of Yemen. Those missiles were bound for Israel. U.S. Navy intercepted them. This is a very dangerous time in the world. And words matter and actions matter and clear actions matter. And this secretary general has to start acting like a leader and condemning brutality, condemning dictators, condemning murder and slaughter and all these things that we clearly saw Hamas do to Israel. As opposed to pointing the finger at Israel, that is shameful and that is irresponsible. And that is so incendiary at a time like this, because that will be used as propaganda from those people on the streets that are saying, hey, look, even the U.N. says it's Israel's fault. So let's just do it again. Let's keep going. Or we have a right to hold hostages. You can see the way that they're going to use this. This is just horrible. You have to have some sort of moral compass. The secretary general of the U.N. is a responsible position, and he has to start acting like a leader with some sort of moral authority and moral conscience. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Again, here is the comment that everybody was stunned about May just a little bit ago, a few hours ago, at the U.N., again, before the Palestinians and also before the Israelis. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. So shame on you, Israel essentially. 
That is despicable. Let's go back to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, this is so irresponsible for someone who is the head of what is supposed to be the world body. Without a doubt, Rita, Secretary General of the U.N., it is a world body, like you said. But, you know, the words that are coming out of the mouths of, of these uh, so-called, you know, uh, uh, pillars uh, is, is, is disgraceful. It's disgusting. They're devils. They're animals. And, you know, you were in um, Gaza after uh, 9-11, Rita, right? So you're, you're familiar with, with uh, what's going on, and we all are familiar now what's going on. Everything is amping up all over the world. We got our battleships on standby. We got the Marines. You know, and what's Biden and the vice president doing right now? They're probably eating ice cream cones. Yeah, and he and was, I by like- the way, last weekend, he was at, uh, you know, having another beach weekend. It's, I, I find that insulting when it's like the world is such an incendiary place. And and it, and oh. I'm worried, Mike, where the U.S., what's going to happen? Because to your point, with all these ships at sea and you see Hezbollah, these proxies, uh, of Iran, whether it's Hezbollah or the Houthis or all these firing at U.S. bases. This There have been yeah. now 14 strikes in the last week, and we've done nothing. All we say is don't. Uh, I mean, you could tell this is this is a very delicate time, and you need clarity and you need leadership. And I don't see it at the U.N., and I don't see it at the White House, Mike. Without a doubt. W- without a doubt. And uh, like I said, everything, it's, incid- it's in, you know, incendiary all over the world. Campuses in our country burning, you know, Israeli flags. I would never forget, you know, I knew eight people who died 9-11. I volunteered three weeks later. I'll never forget the people I met. And it was in Jersey City, well, one of those countries, they were burning the American flag and cheering and this and that. And nothing has changed. You know, history at times will repeat itself, and we're seeing it, you know, in, in full volume. And, you know, I got to kick what what, uh, what Curtis calls the vice president giggles. Yeah, keep giggling. You should be impeached with derelict of duty. Yeah, I call her cackles. I call her cackles, you know, because it's like a cackle. And, and speaking of which, she has been MIA. I mean, and she's yeah. been going out to some of these campuses. I actually would applaud her if she was using those moments to say, kids, don't protest against hate, you know, uh, you know, uh, for hate, I should say. Don't protest, you know, uh, you know, a going slamming Israel and pro Hamas, essentially. I mean, I mean, they're they are fueling the flames. And if she used the opportunity to do her little college tour to condemn students and straighten out some of these administrators, I'd say bravo. But she's not even doing that. She's not doing that. Maybe she'll. You know, maybe she'll have a press conference one day and talk about yellow school buses. Aren't they great? Don't you love yellow school buses? Give me a freaking break. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Oh, pray for us, Mike. Pray for us. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Uh, Pete, your thoughts about the U.N. and what a mess we're in. Hi, Rita. 9-11, my wife, Renee, we were separated from each other. I was heading towards the World Trade Center to try to help. And uh, which I did. Uh, I didn't find anybody, like unfortunately. But bravo you know, for you for trying. Bravo for you for trying, yeah. Pete. Yes. And uh, I told my wife, I said, go to the UN. It's the safest place to be because all the terrorists are inside the building. Now, 90 years ago, when I, I think it was about 90 years ago, they helped uh, get uh, 
the Korean War settled. That's the only thing that I know of that they ever did. Now, other than that, it's a gathering of people who just uh, uh, spread hate, and it's, it's horrible. So they, didn't do, they haven't done anything. They never done anything for sending food for humanity. I mean, sending food to people of uh, the, uh, of, uh, the Palestinians and stuff. They, they should be the ones first on, on the line to do it, and they're not. You know, they're leaving it up to uh, the American people and the charity organizations. And you know that uh, Hasbalar and all them are stealing all the uh, all the food and whatever. They're not getting they're not getting anything really. Oh, a- absolutely. Ab- you are you are so right. You know that they're they're interdicting everything and taking it. There is there is no question. One thousand percent. Pete, thank you so much. And thank you, by the way, for for trying, as you said, during 9-11 running towards it. Um, Bravo for you for making the effort. You know, and and Pete was just talking about um, all of this humanitarian aid. So, of course, now they're begging for fuel in Gaza. They say they are about a day away uh, from fuel and the hospitals need it and others need it. But, of course, Hamas could use it, certainly, with their weaponry. And that's where it gets tricky. Um, so how do you get it to the people that, you know, the, there are a lot of good people there that, um, you know, innocent civilians and guarantee that it doesn't end up in Hamas's hands? I, I don't think it's conceivable, sadly, especially in this climate where Hamas controls everything. So take a listen. Uh, here is cut number 11. Um, and this is John Kirby today at the White House. He's with the National Security Council uh, asking and saying, yeah, that's our balancing act. We're trying to figure out we're sending, I know, uh, hundreds of millions of humanitarian aid into Gaza. And uh, I just hope it doesn't get to Hamas. Uh, that really makes us feel assured. Listen, we have said, continue to say that fuel is an important commodity for life and sustainment in Gaza for the Palestinian people that are still there. And we know that fuel is a precious commodity that's running out, and you need it for generators and hospitals. You need it to run the desalination pumps so that you can drink fresh water and not seawater. All of that is important. Uh, And so we're going to continue to work with partners in the region. We're going to continue to push for for fuel to get in. Uh, Now, look, that said, I said this again yesterday, we certainly understand Israeli concerns about the possibility for Hamas to abscond with fuel and use it for their own purposes and not allow it to be used in hospitals and desalination plants. We understand that. That is a legitimate concern. No question about it, which is why, again, Ambassador Satterfield is on the ground working this so hard. There's a, there's a balance here that has to be achieved. Obviously, we haven't achieved it yet, but we still believe just in general that fuel needs to be able to get into the, to, to the people of Gaza. So do you trust that if they send fuel in, it's not going to be used to the military weaponry of Hamas? Because that's obviously a valuable, you know, quantity, uh, more than food and other things for them. And here is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken saying, well, maybe there needs to be not a ceasefire. He tries to call it something else today. This is interesting. Let's maybe have a, quote, humanitarian pause. Listen to this because he said aid needs to get in this is cut number eight take a listen palestinian civilians must be protected that means hamas must cease using them as human shields it's hard to think of an act of greater cynicism 
It means Israel must take all possible precautions to avoid harm to civilians. It means food, water, medicine, and other essential humanitarian assistance must be able to flow into Gaza and to the people who need them. It means civilians must be able to get out of harm's way. It means humanitarian pauses must be considered for these purposes. So would you trust a, quote, humanitarian pause at this moment? We've had a couple hundred thousand Israeli troops sitting there now at the border of Gaza. Now it's been almost two weeks and they're at the ready, anxious to go in, nervous to go in. But think about what Hamas could be doing for the two weeks. Obviously, the concern is the hostages. They keep drip dripping the hostages out. They're using that Hamas as clearly bargaining and pause tricks. Clearly, it's a ploy. It's not they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. That's for sure. But is there any justification to a pause or is now the wrong time for a pause? I wouldn't trust Hamas with anything. And also coming in and out, would you trust them? You know, you got a convoy coming in and out and you're going to trust the U.N. uh, being the arbiters. That's who's on the ground. The U.N., they said, is going to be monitoring where the money goes and where the food goes and where the fuel goes. And you just heard the head of the U.N. blaming Israel. So do you really think that they're going to be quality monitors there on the ground? And would you trust what they would be doing? 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. The next hour, we are going to talk about the role that Iran has in all of this and the very wimpy response that we have seen from President Joe Biden and others. It's like they can barely get the word Iran out. They seem to be inching closer to reality after we have seen that there's been more than a dozen attacks by Iranian proxies, these different groups on U.S. bases in the Mideast. A whole bunch on the U.S. base in Iraq and also in Syria. But over 14 attacks now. Uh, we're talking drone strikes and some other very serious attacks in just one week alone. Clearly, Iran is also trying to draw the U.S. and others into the war. So things are getting very, very tenuous. And also, we're going to also talk about the fact That Mayor Eric Adams says, you know what, things are getting so full and some of the migrant facilities that some of the migrants may have to sleep on the streets. And that's not fair to taxpayers who are paying the money for the migrants. Uh, I contend what's not fair to the taxpayers is having to pay for the migrants, period. All right. So that's a whole other matter. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Janet. Line three. Uh, Janet, uh, your oh, thoughts. Wow. Thank you. I, I have so many. I don't even know where to begin. I Just one point that I want to make is going back to this freaking Frederick. I, I don't know if that was a put on British accent to make him sound intelligent, like he has a half a brain. But 
I'll give him credit that maybe he has a half a brain. But the point is that, you know, this man literally, you know, the, his hatred is so deep that it just is blinding his his clarity. And if he wants to talk about history or anything that he's telling us that now in October, what happened was done by the Israelis and the Israelis did it to themselves. How insane can this person be? I, I mean, agree. You know, I almost I, by the way, Janet, I, I actually thought I misheard him at first, too, because I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I, and, and he, you know, he, I, I, he's clearly the nicest thing I can say is he's uninformed. How's that? That's the yeah. nicest oh, thing. Yeah, that's a very, very nice way to describe him. But I have to say that you know, I would expect this kind of vitriol from some uneducated. I feel like I'm living in a third world country, by the way. The comments and the way people are acting and, and the protests. Why is nobody protesting in Washington about all this? This, I mean, let's put it this way. I wanted to go back to basically to this Frederick thing first. The, the fact that he can go twist Social media, which is black and white, live footage of things that happened and trying to twist it. I mean, this guy is crazy. You could go back to 2005. Let me ask you, three, four weeks ago, was everything peaceful in Gaza for the Gazans? Yes. What caused all of this chaos now? Was it the Israelis? No. Absolutely. By, by the way, Janet, you are spot on. Clearly, the Hamas terrorists unleash hell on earth to Israel. To me, there is no gray. We must stand with Israel and condemn loony kazoonies like Frederick. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This hour, we are going to talk about the migrant crisis also that's burgeoning so many cities in this country, including New York City. Obviously, a wide open southern border is so dangerous, so disastrous right now. More than 160 people on the terror watch list, 7,000 times the amount that there was in the year before. What does that say to you? It says the border is wide open. And those are just the ones that we have apprehended. That is really scary. you got to be one bad hombre or mojere uh, to get stopped on the terror watch list. And yet there have been more than 160 of them just this year alone. And that is really scary. And it makes me wonder how many more, potentially thousands, if not even a million, because there are more than a million gotaways, it seems, every year under this president and we've had two and a half million or so just this year alone that we know of in, app, in encounters that we've said, hi, we haven't vetted you. Good luck. We'll see you later. And then there's another million that we don't even see that we see, we see little dots kind of going by, you know, oh, that looks like a person over there on the uh, surveillance video. We can't catch up with them. And then we've got people that were literally on the terror watch list coming from countries like Syria and also Libya, Lebanon. Iraq, uh, what could go wrong coming from Gaza? What could go wrong right now, right? What could go wrong? This is a really scary time. And so meantime, New York City Mayor Eric Adams 
is once again sounding the alarm about the migrant crisis, saying there is no more room at the inn. And I couldn't believe he actually made this statement. He said, you know what, I feel really bad because we just don't have any more room at the inn for these people. And we've used so much taxpayer money. Uh, they're estimating it's going to be $2 billion probably by next year or so. And, you know, uh, you know, God, what do we do? It's actually been several billion already. So what do we do? Well, you know what? We're just going to have to put them on the streets. And we feel so bad about that because I guess we're supposed to bankrupt the city first. Listen to this. What is it going to take before people understand what out of room? We're placing people in conditions that are unfair for migrants and it's unfair for New York City taxpayers. Situation is unfair for migrants. Obviously, you want people to be treated as humanely as possible. Again, I don't blame the migrants. I'd want to come to America, too, just because I would feel like this is such uh, a great country. And it is. It is the best country in the world. We've got a lot of flaws right now and a lot of flaws in Washington, but we're a great country. And so in the midst of all of this, I don't blame them for coming, but I do blame Our elected officials who feel that we have to cut even city services, including police service, uh, trimming counterterrorism unit at the New York Police Department and elsewhere and doing things like that to accommodate them, saying this is not fair to them and it's not fair to taxpayers. Guess what's not fair to taxpayers? That they've been footing the bill for these migrants. Billions of dollars. It's like $5 million a day. I mean, this is insane. And it's all because... They want to have them all come into New York. They made a campaign promise, and now they're making every taxpayer in New York stuck with the bill. So I contend that's not fair to taxpayers, not them sleeping on the streets, them sleeping in their neighborhoods. You know, what about the tents that are going up in Floyd Bennett Field? Thank goodness the one in Staten Island that was across from a grammar school, and it was all like single adult men. I mean, that's a problem right there. Bravo to the people of Staten Island. But this is a mess, and I don't see any end in sight, and I see it being an even bigger issue now that we are so desperately worried about our security here at home. Uh, the FBI coming out and saying they are very worried about lone wolves, and they should be, because this is a time of heightened security across this country, heightened concern, and we don't know who's coming through our southern border. And for some reason... So many of these liberal elected officials are saying we got to open all the floodgates and uh, drain the taxpayers and cut services for taxpayers. And now we're sorry that they may have to sleep on the streets. What about saying we're sorry we have to send them back and we're really sorry that we're going to have to tell the leader of our party, the president of the United States, to finally close the border? I mean, what does it take? We have a, a war erupting now in the Middle East, clearly. A war has begun And we have Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah terrorists and a lot of these fanatics out there. I think it's a good time to make sure that our border is closed. I mean, this is just insane. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, the White House is inching a little closer to the reality that maybe Iran maybe has something to do with it. Could it be because Iran backs Hamas? Could it be because Iran backs Hezbollah? Could it be that because Iran backs the Houthis that are there in Yemen that were firing right near the Navy ship the other day? Maybe somehow they've had an epiphany and they're realizing 
maybe they shouldn't be sending $6 billion or pallets of cash in the middle of the night. Listen to John Kirby. Here he is earlier today talking to White House correspondent Jackie Heinrich. Listen to this exchange. Can you speak to the shift in language we heard yesterday out of the Pentagon? Um, you know, last week no one would confirm on the record that um, these attacks were coming from Iranian proxy groups, but then uh, Brigadier General Pat Ryder said the U.S. holds Iran responsible. Is, is the U.S. taking this as a signal that Iran is, in fact, trying to widen the war? We see that they are backing these groups, no question about that. Um, we have sent a strong signal of deterrence. Um, there's no indication right now that any other nation state or actor is uh, is preparing or imminently to escalate this conflict, but we're watching this very, very closely. And again, I want to be clear here, nobody's turning a blind eye to Iran's complicity. Their support for these ba- these these, uh, these militia groups in Iraq and Syria, their support for terrorists throughout, throughout the region, uh, we have addressed that through additional sanctions. We have addressed it through additional military force posture. We're obviously going to do what we have to do to protect ourselves and our and our troops. Nobody's nobody's at all turning away from that threat or their historic and sustained support for these terrorist groups. And then Jackie Heinrich, the Fox correspondent there at the White House, followed up. Uh, John Kirby's at least saying the word Iran. Remember, it was like he was allergic to the word for the first two weeks. Listen to this. The assessment still the same that Iran uh, did not directly play a role in this attack. Because you had Senator Blumenthal saying I did not say, I never said that Iran did not play a role. What we've said, and there's been no change, what we said, Jackie, is... Iran is certainly complicit here. Without them, there is no Hamas. Without them, there's no Hezbollah. Without them, there's no uh, militia groups firing rockets at our troops in Iraq and Syria. And as I said yesterday up here, uh, uh, we recognize uh, Iran's monitoring all these events, and in some cases, they're encouraging some of these attacks. No question about it. Now, we... You talk about October 7th. We still haven't seen any direct specific intelligence that says they were witting or participating or directing the attacks of October of, of October 7th. Uh, did that sound like a guy with a spine? Uh, I'm not sure about that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick. Line one. Rick, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. I have a little bit of bad news for you. You're not going to get much help from the U.N. because they're controlled by the elites, the same people that control all the Democrats and the rhinos and the FBI and everybody else. Oh, well, that, that's a Church sad too. that's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? What they what they want to what continue the finger pointing, you know, and you know, it's amazing, Rick, at a time like this, you know, there are certain moments in life where you say, you know what, it, it's a clear line between good versus evil. You know, uh, you know, it's like the people that go out there and say, oh, uh, the Nazis were great. What? You know, uh, Hamas is great. What? I mean, uh, and and I just feel like there's something so unseemly about this moment that the U.N. uses the opportunity to somehow scold Israel. Uh, and they seem to be bending over backwards to try to help Gaza. And and listen, I think it would be advantageous to separate the good Palestinians from those who are involved with Hamas. 
I, I think that would serve us well to to vet them out. And, and I wish the good Palestinians would rise up against Hamas. Boy, would that be a moment, right, Rick? You know, I hate to say it, Rita, but there is one silver lining to what's happened, and that is that our enemy has clearly exposed themselves. And now we see how many Marxist people, traitors we have in not only our government and the U.N., but in our school systems. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They have absolutely shown who they are. And sometimes uh, maybe that is a great service that they've actually exposed themselves. It is stunning what we have seen. And that exposure, I think, has been shocking to so many people. And I'm glad that a lot of those protesters that are out there, uh, whether it's the students or it's administrators or just other people that are out there protesting, I'm glad that a lot, a, not, a number of them are getting, uh, you know, blackballed, if you will, from being hired at certain firms. There's a hedge fund guy, uh, Bill Ackman, who said, hey, I want to know the names of these law students at the school, his alma mater that he's giving money to. And he's like, I want to make sure they don't get hired anywhere. And I think, hey, bravo. I actually think that's a great thing. Listen, he's been donating to that school millions of millions of dollars. And what does he have to show for it? But a bunch of hate filled rhetoric and administrators with no spine. So I actually think, you know, maybe this will make them have a wake up call and maybe students will feel some sense of responsibility because they're not, I, I, you know, there's, I think, I, I think it was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy who was giving them a pass. I don't give them a pass. Uh, I'm not sure why Vivek is. Vivek's like, oh, they're just kids and they're just, I, I, I don't agree with that. I actually think uh, they're smart enough to know better. They're not kindergarten. This is college. What do you think, Rick? I mean, don't you think, I think it's appropriate that, that people I, make a decision, you know, and say, here's how they feel. It's First Amendment. People have a right to decide who they want to hire and who they don't want to hire. Yeah, what you just pointed out is that the children are indoctrinated. They're not educated anymore. They're indoctrinated. And we got to pull those bad teachers out of colleges and high schools and even grade schools. Yeah, I agree. I I 1,000% agree. And how scary is it that it does start at that early age? Let's go to Steve, line two. Uh, Steve, your thoughts about these crazy protesters? Hey, Rita, I haven't, I haven't held out for a woman for two hours in probably my entire life, except for my beautiful wife for 36 years. But oh, my God, Steve, listen. I'm so sorry. Thank you so That's much for okay. waiting. It, it's, a, it's a pleasure to listen to you. I listen to your, John Casmatini's. Don't know him from a can of bees, but he got a beautiful hire when he hired you. But anyway, thank you, thank you. And John, by the way, John is one smart guy and loves this country. So to me, I feel honored to be with him. Thank you. I'm sorry, and I, I bless both of you, Frederick. That man should put his pants on tomorrow morning as he gets up from out of bed and just think of mass gunmen with knives and guns coming in his house and killing his whole family, his cat, and his dog. And think about the poor people of Israel that had to experience this. This is not something that you just accept. You have to meet this with force, and I hope Israel wipes them off the face of this earth. Every one of Hamas leaders and every one of them that believe in them and these people that are marching in our cities and these colleges, we got to come strong as Americans, especially in front of these colleges and show them that this is not the way we believe America should be ran. You can't come into our cities, well, all these democratic cities, I should say, and they go in and they support 
Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. This is this is sad. In other countries, they would be hitting them with water at 100 miles an hour. They would be spraying them with mace. It's all unacceptable. If you're unhappy here, go back to your country. Get out of here. Right. And by the way, uh, it, to me, there's something so twisted. And I some of these rallies, you know, some of them are different than others. Uh, but at this point, you know, we're also seeing a number of them where they're chanting, you know, Hamas, pro-Hamas or pro-Hamas signs. I, I mean, is there anybody in their right mind uh, other than Frederick out there who's sitting out there with a sign saying something like that? It, it is it is stunning. I agree with you. And I think I, to me, there is no gray. There's no shades of like, well, maybe. No, uh, we clearly know what happened. We clearly know who the bad guys are. And, Steve, I agree with you. Hamas needs to be wiped off the face of this earth. And Israel needs to have the support and the right to do it because they deserve to do it after what happened. And they want to do it. They're not asking for U.S. military uh, soldiers. They're asking for more money and more supplies. But they're saying, let us do this fight. We need to do it. And they know that this is a long time coming, too. Um, And they know they have to do it for the fight and survival of Israel. And the world needs to support them 1,000%. And these Palestinian protesters that are like, you know, they need to, like, fade into the woodwork. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about these protests on the streets. Also, they got support at the U.N., the head of the U.N. taking a swipe at Israel. And this comes as our administration has been so weak and so tepid with Iran. Uh, it is really stunning to see just how soft they have been. And they still, they're kind of inching closer, but boy... Uh, they seem to be afraid to go after Iran, but they don't seem to be afraid to give them money uh, to try to make a deal with them, whether it comes to hostages or their oil or anything else. Uh, and you could contend that that's what created some of this moment. one 800 848 Let's go to Stan. Line four. Stan, your thoughts. Uh, you know, I've been listening to your show, and I love, I love these backseat people who really don't know anything about war or this. This is a logistical nightmare, not just for Israel, but for the United States. I do not. And for anybody to say, including you, that this situation and you have meant it. I've heard others say it, that this is President Biden's fault that they Hamas attacked. it. This is and the policy. That is an absolute lie. Actually, okay. it's not, Stan. It a, Stan, it it's it actually not. Stan, Stan, not. Stan, Stan, appeasement. Wait a minute. Stan, no, hang on uh, one second. Hang on. You you say it's a lie. It's not a lie. They are using the money that they are getting from oil revenues, which is $2 billion a week. And it's because this president is killing our energy and allowing them to sell theirs. We How does that make sense? Gas. Don't kid yourself. Oh, we got that, plenty no, of gas. But they Nobody's have plenty of cash. Stan, Nobody's complaining. Oh, Stan, are you kidding me? Are no, you looking hey, at mortgage rates? Hey, are you, you going to commercial? Be, I'll actually, call. I'll yeah, wait. No, actually, Stan, yes, yeah, stay on. Okay, We're going to go to a break. You can. You, we can take a little chill. 
And we'll be back after the break with more of Stan, more the love affair with me and Stan. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a very powerful story coming from Moss Point, Mississippi, where this Monday morning, World War II veteran Willie James Smith Sr. received a special honor from the Hattiesburg African American Museum for his sacrifice and his service. With his family by his side, Veteran Smith was gifted a special present for his heroic contributions. For now, Veteran Smith is one of 30 black veterans who have shared their oral history with the African American Museum. And the 6th Street Museum District Director Latoya Norman said, quote, just the fact that he was still eager to share his story and that he had such vivid memories about some of his experiences during World War II really stood out to me. That is incredible because at 104 years old, the Moss Point, Mississippi resident is one of the oldest African-American World War II vets on record living in Jackson County, Mississippi. He says it's his faith that keeps him going. He said, quote, you get your blessings from the Lord. You don't get your blessings from anywhere else. Just a little bit of background on Veteran Smith. He enlisted into the U.S. Army in 1941 and was honorably discharged in 1945. What a beautiful story and how wonderful that he has now shared his oral history. So generations to come will be inspired by this great veteran and great American. And bravo to Veteran Smith and, of course, all of our great veterans, especially those from the greatest generation. You know how much I love and appreciate you so very, very much. Well, the first Green Beret ever elected to Congress says that this moment right now, what we're seeing with the world so on fire and so many different hotspots, especially as we're looking what's happening in Israel and the fact that a Hamas via Iran, of course, which is backing Hamas, backing Hezbollah and so many others, that this moment certainly was caused by a lack of leadership at the White House. Take a listen to Congressman Mike Waltz, former Green Beret. When it comes to public signaling, once again, uh, our enemies uh, believe that they can get away with it. When they see, uh, when they smell or believe that they see weakness, then they're going to be emboldened. And when the, the underlying premise uh, coming from this administration is de-escalate, 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 That's a signal to our adversaries that they can escalate and get away with it. And he also spotlighted the fact that this administration has been so soft on Iran. Uh, Sort of Obama part three, don't you think? Take a listen. This administration has an Iran problem. I mean, since October 7th, they've been equivocating and mincing words on Iran's direct involvement. Now they're, they're talking about complicity. Uh, Every time we see someone come to the podium, they're lecturing the Israelis on human rights and abiding by the the laws of war, which I think sends all the wrong signals. Now, uh, look, those 10 attacks on our bases are on top of 70 to 80 attacks 
on our bases in Iraq and Syria over the last two years. And what have we done about it? Not a damn thing. And that's the signal that the Iranians have taken. They can get away with it. Their foreign currency reserves have gone from $4 billion to $70 billion. Their oil exports have gone from nearly nothing to $30 billion a year. Uh, they got $6 billion fungible money for, uh, for taking Americans hostages. $30 billion a year. And guess what's happening? They're using that money that just keeps on coming because we are not enforcing the sanctions to buy weaponry and fund terror around the globe. Let's go back to Stan, since he knows better than everybody. Stan, go ahead. You mentioned oil money. That's exactly where they got it from, oil money. Not yeah. from the United. That's not from the United States. That's from oil selling oil illegally. It's because we Wait are not enforcing the sanctions, Stan. When you sell oil illegally, you sell oil illegally. I mean, what, does it take brains to figure that out? Does it take brains to figure out? That when you don't enforce the sanctions, which would prohibit them from selling oil, that they wouldn't be making money? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, Stan. They can get around it just like the Russians. You don't have to. Guess exactly. You know what? I know. You hit it exactly on the head. I know. What's the common denominator? Biden is not enforcing enough sanctions on Russia either, Stan. That's exactly the the point. You just made my point. We have ships in the Mediterranean. We have ships offshore ready to go. Iran will not do a damn thing. Uh, It's very simple. We've had to wait four years because we let them build an atomic bomb. And uh, the previous administration did nothing, didn't talk to them for four years. So we're in a situation where they may decide to use it if they can. We do know that Israel has ballistic and nuclear weapons. They don't talk about it. But you can bet they're sitting around waiting. The first shots will go to Iran. I'm not worried about that aspect of it, because Israel pushed the shove, will use these missiles. They have it, and I think they're talking about it. As far as the president telling uh, Bibi Netanyahu to go slow, that to me is a mistake. On that part, it's a mistake, simply for one reason. Waiting is not going to solve these problems. There's going to waiting for letting people go every 10 minutes or every 10 days is not going to help the situation. They'll be killed or whatever. I'm for going in. I'm not for waiting. You know, they got these tunnels. I put gasoline in these tunnels and burn them all to hell. I'm sorry. This is a war. You fight a war. The problem is, the problem is, and, and I think you hit it on the head there, Stan. First off, obviously. I don't uh, want anybody dying. Well, that's I don't what, want that's what I was going to say. Uh, no, we, of course. We know it's, that the hostages terrible. are my down heart, there. That's my heart the problem. for these people. Yes. But, but, but I'm, if I'm, I'm Netanyahu, I'm not thrilled with anymore. Uh, he's got to say, you know, Mr. President, I appreciate what you want to do, but do me a favor. I'll call you back. And then he has to do what he has to do. There's going to be war. There's no doubt about it. I think we'll be forced into it, uh, and we'll have to defend Israel, and we should. One last quick thing. I am against, and I'm against it, not just Israel, but a lot of countries. Dual citizenship has hurt our international situation. I think not just Switzerland. Sometimes dual citizenship doesn't work well for a country. We have to get Americans out because they're dual. I believe that in many instances it's good, but 90% of the time people come to the country to stay here. 
make their money and go back. Another uh, China, India, the Middle East, and the Israeli situation, which uh, you know, one would have to think long term. These a lot of people, Orthodox Jews, for example, go there and they want to leave the United States. Okay. And then when things happen, oh, now we want to come back to the United States. They're citizens, but in some cases, you make a choice. You want to go to Israel? I'm for I'm, I'm for giving them billions, all the weapons they want. But I think dual citizenship has to be looked at again. I'm not again. I want to, you know, we need to protect, like in China, there are 100,000 Americans in China. No, I God hear what you're, and by the way. Happens. What are we going to do? Well, you understand? They're not I citizens. Do, I do hear what you're saying. I mean, obviously, technically, they are citizens. If they're dual citizens, they're citizens of both countries. But you're right. It, it does get things very complicated because it seems like a number of them are dual citizens, Israeli-American or Israeli-other countries, too. Um you know, the one thing, obviously, Stan, uh, you seem to still be a bit in denial that this president, his policies have been so weak on Iran. Same thing. You brought up Russia. You brought it up, Stan. You're exactly correct, because he was weak on Russia and the old minor incursion line. And let's not even forget Afghanistan. They're using the weaponry that we, Biden, left behind because he was so quick to get out of Afghanistan. He left $85 billion worth of equipment and guess who's using them? Hamas. So there's a lot of foreign policy blunders that are absolutely disastrous for this country. Uh, but I, I hear you. I appreciate you. Uh, but a lot of that is a bunch of hogwash. And you got to look at the White House. And being soft and coddling dictators doesn't work. And that should be the lesson of what we have seen from President Biden the last few years. And a wide open border. I, I don't know what he's thinking. This is nuts. Uh, Stan, thank you, though. I love you. I appreciate you. Let's go to Susan, line two. Susan, I, I mean, it really is a formula for disaster. It's scary. Oh, my God. I have to follow that silliness. Um, anyway. By, by the way, after after Frederick, I find Stan refreshing. I don't know if you heard uh, Frederick at the beginning. Fre- uh, uh, flighty Frederick. Uh, well, well, he was just, you know, you can't even, like, try to rationalize with someone that crazy. You really shouldn't. It's just, forget about it. But what, So, first of all, Stan, honey, uh, uh, Trump had uh, um, Iran in a box. They only had $400 million in the bank. He had so many sanctions on them. They were on their knees. So it can be enforced with a real leader. But that's not why I called. The thing we really have to be on alert for is this hundred billion BS that bill that now, uh, you know, what's his name? The guy that's unfortunately our president came out with because they're saying this got money for the border. It's not for border patrol or border um, agents. It's for processing. Yes, so you're, they're you're right. Process more. So we shouldn't want them to come back and pass any of these bills until we have someone, not like McCarthy, who really, he messed things up on the debt ceiling. He's got a lot of donors that put under a lot of pressure on him. Well, so, so, wait, hang on, Susan. By the way, hang on. Now, did you hear, Susan, did you hear, um, uh, I talked to Alphonse D'Amato, uh, John Katzmatidis, and I had Alphonse on yesterday. Now, the former senator of New York came out and said that he thinks, just like you said, that 
members of Congress should not pass this bill that's lumping all this stuff together. It's a whole bunch for Ukraine. It's some for Israel. And like you said, it's some for border, quote border. But you're right. It's not about enforcement at the border. It's about more processing. Uh, and, you know, they're going to say, oh, look, Republicans didn't want to pass it. But you're right. I, I don't think they should pass it if it has all these things in it that they should be standalone. It should be, here's what it is. Here's what this represents. Here's the reality. This is more babysitting. Until he says, I'm going to like close the border or add more security, uh, I wouldn't trust it. And even now, it's a Hail Mary. He's had all this time when he has millions of people in here, and now he's suddenly going to have an epiphany because he's trying to get his Ukraine funding. And it's and it's like a smidgen of it goes to Israel. It's, it seems way off, Susan. His priorities are so way off. Your thoughts? Well, also, uh, with Ukraine, there's been no accountability, not one nickel. And all those, the, the, the poor Ukrainians have been slaughtered, and no one's talking about peace. And why isn't it, why didn't he go to Congress and, and you know, go through the War Powers Act? We have to stop this because we don't have the money. And we want to help people, but if we're, if we go bankrupt, the whole rest of the free world, the golden goose is dead. I agree. I don't know if you heard this, Susan. Also, this I think is really scary. I, I believe it was Kirby who said this today. I'm trying to remember if it was Kirby or Pat Ryder. Um, not Pat Ryder, but um, the spokesman who was there at the um, Pentagon. They came out and said, I couldn't believe this, that they're out of bullets. I think it was Kirby who said it. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that they yeah. didn't have enough bullets. I mean, first of right. all, the fact that we're in that position that we don't have enough bullets and second of all to telegraph that to the world that like that's like pr 101 uh, i don't think you want to tell your adversaries you don't have any bullets it's just so mismanaged that we have to actually it would be better to just keep uh, keep this shut down because we they're all they talk about is sending money to Ukraine and and um and Israel which we of course support Israel and we would support Ukraine but we also are supporting Iran by allowing them so we're just absolutely doing everything opposite yeah i agree and and this administration doesn't seem to be getting a clue that their policies have have at least facilitated uh, clearly uh, the funding of this war. And also you could make the case, same thing with Russia. Uh, and this is where you need tough stuff. I mean, this is really scary stuff. I'm really worried about Israel. I'm worried about America. There are so many issues here. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. What a mess we are in, and it seems like the Iranian war machine is amping up attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria and making a lot of money on their oil revenues, stunning amounts to be able to fund terrorism around the globe. one 800 848 Let's go to Teddy, line four. Uh, Teddy, your thoughts? Rita, you 
you're going to like what I'm going to say, but I have to be truthful to myself, whether it be when I'm against Trump. This is going to be hard, hard for Stan to accept. And But I think I have to say it. I said this to my brother. Maybe if Trump was here, he would have kicked Iran's tuchus by now. And Iran would not have tried. They are striking Americans. Like, I think, I'm not sure if you said it on the, on the Katsimatidis show. I'm not sure. But I think they've struck, or somebody said it, uh, maybe Brian Kilmey, 80 times, and we've only reacted four times. Yes, yes, that's and, correct. That is correct. And, and that, that You cannot have that. You cannot have that. But that's like... When I was teaching, I remember bullies in school. You can't let a bully get away with it. He has to be, he or she has to be dealt with properly. And Iran, like you said, if they're not reacting to Iran, Iran says, let's continue and then then some. And I, I'm all for Israel doing what they have to do. The previous stance said this. He's right. This is war. Forget about a two-state solution. You know what their charter says, Hamas, and what they said in Brooklyn. Uh, Palestine is freedom. Freedom for Palestine, Jews into the Israel into the sea. They don't want Israel at all to exist. And I hate, I'm going to say it, and it hurts, but I think I would vote for Trump. Wow, Teddy, this is a stunning day. And, and you know, yeah. Ted, I said this last night. I said the phrase that I'll take a mean tweet over a mean terrorist because it is such a scary time right now in the world. And they were worried about Trump, Ted. I mean, you know, for all and, and listen, I've also said that he's got foibles. But I mean, my goodness, they were scared. And when he sent that message after that one American was killed, and remember, now we have 33 Americans killed and we have 10 unaccounted for that may be hostages or some may be killed, too. We don't know. Uh, but after one was killed at a base in the Mideast, you know what happened? Trump sent that missile that took out Soleimani. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and guess what? Things were calmed down because they were like, oh, this guy knows where we are. He means business. And and unfortunately, in that part of the world, uh, they don't understand anything but strength and they and they feed off weakness and they feed off appeasement. And sadly, and, and Ted, I wish it was the other way. I'd love to see America uh, feared by Iran and feared by some of these others. And sadly, I don't see that. And that's not to me a Republican Democrat. That's a I, I love this country and I also appreciate Israel tremendously. I love Israel. And I think I think it's it's such an important democracy to the world. And I'm nervous because it, and I use the phrase rudderless. You know, I've said that a number of times, but right. I feel that way, given where we are right now. And they sense it. They sense weakness. They sense appeasement. And that saddens me. Uh, so, Ted, you and I agree. And, and let's pray for peace. Let's pray for Israel um, and pray for America. One, one, one last point. Rita, sure. Please. Sure. Uh, Talib and Omar, it's unfortunate but they're going to win again in their district because in Michigan, where she represents uh, the her city and the area, it's predominantly Middle Eastern and Arab. And they're going to vote for her, 
And the same thing for Omar. I think there was a closer election with Omar. Yeah, there was. You're right. You're right. But you know what, Ted? And sadly, you very well may be right, because those people, like you said, uh, may very well agree with them. Luckily, they're in uh, a minority. I wish it was a smaller minority. And where I actually am really disappointed, Ted, everybody should be condemning it. There's been a number of Democrats that have come out and condemned their words. But I want to hear it from the White House. I want to hear it from the president because there is no gray. This is good versus evil, and good people need to stand together. Ted, I love you. We found some kumbaya for a change. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.